Well, hello everyone and good afternoon. My name is Lynn Wilson and welcome back to today's podcast called Hope for Today. So if you're feeling a little down and a little empty, maybe today's podcast is just for you. Today's title is Little is Much. So we're going to jump right into 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to be just scanning a few of the verses, so I'm going to be jumping around. But if you want to open to 1 Samuel 17 or refer back to it, I would go ahead and read the whole passage. And yes, we are talking about David and Goliath. I know many of us think it's a kid's story. We've heard it a thousand times, but there's so much information not only in that story, but in the life of David. So I'm going to start in verse 8, and I'm just going to read a few of the verses, and then we're going to just uh, hang out together, do a little chit-chat, and be encouraged by what God has for us today. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I a Philistine? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Saul was the king. Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become my subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let me fight. Let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. This is the army. The Israel army is afraid of this one man. Now, jumping ahead to verse 20, early in the morning, David left the flock. He was a shepherd. He was taking care of the job he was asked to do. And um, he left the flock and he loaded up and set out as Jesse, his father, had directed him. So Jesse, his father, previously had said, listen, gather up some things, some lunch and provisions. I want, it to take you, I want you to take it to your brothers who are in the battlefield right now. Uh, he was, he, when he reached the camp, David, when he reached the camp, the army was going out to its battle positions. So they're getting ready to line up, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. Can you just imagine? This is intense. This is a battle. You got the Philistines on one side and you got Saul's army on the other side and they're ready to do battle. This is not like, let's go to a softball game and I'm bringing my, my brother some hot dogs here. This is, battle is going on and here's this shepherd boy coming up with some lunch and provisions for his brothers. Can you only imagine what this is like? David left these things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers, how are they? How, how are you doing? As he was walking up to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, stepped out from the lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they fled in fear of him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. Now, we're jumping to verse 33. In between that, there's a lot happening with David and so on. But David said, let me, let me think about this. Let me check into this. Let's see what's going on here. So Saul is telling David, you're not able to go out there against him and fight him. You're only a young man. You're only a young man. He has been a warrior, meaning Goliath's been a warrior since his youth. You can't go up against this guy. He's been a soldier for how long? And you're just a shepherd boy, and Goliath is huge. He's a big dude. He's a giant. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. 
And David is saying, I'm, I'm a shepherd boy. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off my sheep from my flock, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized by uh, it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Can you imagine wrestling with a lion? A bear, maybe not so much either, but a lion. I just can't even, in my mind, fathom wrestling with a lion. Not only wrestling, getting the sheep safely away from it, and then fighting the lion to the point of, I killed the lion, and I, I can walk away. That lion is laying there dead, but I've walked away. Maybe a few scratches, that's it, I'm good. Obviously, he's alive to say this in this story. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. The faith that he has in his Lord God. This young man who has little, he's a shepherd boy. He doesn't have anything. What does he have to offer against this Philistine when there's an army of Israelites lined up? God's army is right here. And they're afraid. They're afraid to go fight him. But this young man says, the same God that rescued me from a bear and a lion will rescue me right now. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now in verse 38, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet and on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. He says, I cannot go in these. He said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. He took them off. I can't wear this. I don't wear armor. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not an army guy. I'm a shepherd boy. I can't wear all this stuff. So what he did take uh, he then took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag and his sling on his hand, and he approached the Philistine. So he grabbed this little slingshot, five stones, and off he went. No armor, just this just young man going. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Can you only imagine? You know, this is not a battle. That This is not a fairy tale story. This is not, and I know they've, you know, uh, superheroes and all these things that we go and we watch in the movies or we watch on TV. A lot of them have been designed, if you read the history, over this whole story of David and Goliath. The story of David and Goliath is real. I've been watching a series and I've been doing a personal study on David and Goliath. And from that, I will be doing then a um, follow-up for myself, personal Bible study on the life of David. But I was watching a, a video on, uh, I don't remember the, the name of the valley where David and Goliath were, but if you, could if you could see this, if you could catch a video on this, it was amazing. And there's the two terrains on either side and then the valley in the middle. Just picture, there's both armies on either side. You know, we watch war movies on TV and we can't, 
I've never been in battle. I don't understand the intensity of that. But they're lining up. And there's this huge valley in the middle. And it says, Goliath yelled out and David heard him. Well, I watched the um, archaeologist and the one went into the valley in the beginning and he yelled up and they could hear them at the hill of where they were. He then went in the middle of the valley and he yelled up, not yelled, he just talked as if, you know, Goliath would. And he's not as big and bold. And I can only imagine the uh, intensity of Goliath's voice, but he talked and they could hear him. He went to the other side of the valley. So where the other army would have been and he yelled out and the people that he had, the other archeologists on the other side could still hear him. So that the ideas of how you think about, um, you know, when the Bible talks about these things, they can, if you want to say scientifically be proven, they can. Here are people today in today's world that can go and yell out and the other side is hearing them. Can you imagine this shepherd boy? Let's look at him. Let's look at the story in David and Goliath in, in a way that, um, you know, here we have this young man. What can we get out of this story is what I'm trying to say. What can we get out of this? He's a young man. Everything that I have read, he's either a teen to age like 22. Either way, that's young. He's he's a a kid in the, in the sense of not just a child, but a kid in the sense of experience in life. He's a shepherd boy. He's not someone that's been suited up in armor and has been trained to be a soldier. He's a shepherd boy. He watches the flocks. He takes care of the sheep. He keeps the animals away. He has a, you know, a stick, a staff that he can shoe the uh, sheep this way or that way and ward off anyone that comes in. But obviously he's pretty good at his skills. He has perfected his skills that he can fight off a lion and a bear. So let's look at, uh, going back to my title, which is little as much, let's look at what David had. David only had a slingshot. Now, I don't know if you know what a slingshot looks like, but it's a tiny little thing. It's, you know, it wasn't like this massive thing. He had a little slingshot. He was a shepherd's boy. David was only a young man. He only had that slingshot. He only had experience with lions and bears. He was not trained as a soldier. David only had one reason to fight against the giant because he knew he needed to stand up for his God. David had little. He didn't have a lot. He didn't have a lot of experience as a soldier. He didn't have armor. He didn't have, he wasn't older and more mature. He wasn't a big guy like Goliath. He had very little. If we take a moment and look at the situation from the other side of things, here we have two armies lined up, ready to go to battle. Two armies. These men were trained. They had a lot of training. They had a lot of men even within the army. Like David had little. David was one. The army had many. They had a lot. They had armor to protect themselves. They had a lot of armor. You know, helmet, a shield, everything from the, you know, the upper part of the body to the lower part of the body would have been covered. They had a lot of equipment. They had a lot of protection. David had nothing. David took off that armor, that physical armor. He took it off and put it aside. They had a lot. They had the experience that they would have had from being in other battles. They had much. David had little and they had much. Again, going back to today's title, Little is Much. Do you feel sometimes that you don't have much? 
I know I do. You get kind of, you know, um, sometimes it's not financial. I don't have much or things that I don't have much. Um, I know minimalism is a thing now and, you know, scale down, don't have a lot of things and so on. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just a, a personality, you know, thing that some people want a lot. Some people don't want much. But I think sometimes your insides, your person, your personality, um, being around other people, it can be very intimidating and you feel like you don't have much. I don't know. Can you relate to that? I can almost every day. Um, there's always somebody better than me, bigger than me, stronger than me, has more than me, at least in my eyes when I look at somebody, you know, um, behind every face is a story. You hear that all the time. And just because you look at somebody and they have much doesn't mean they really do. But you know what I mean? That, that feeling of, you, oh, I can't do that. Look what they have to offer. There are many times I don't feel like I have much. I have very little to offer. When it comes to serving, a lot of times I feel like I don't have, you know, I don't have that college degree that other people have or that doctorate or that, you know, bachelor's degree or I don't have the experience in a certain area and I don't have that personality. Some people have this very vibrant, wonderful, strong personality that can just, people can gravitate to them. I don't have that. I have very little and, you know, I sit there and I think, you know, somebody will ask me to do something. I don't have much to give you. I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll give you what I have. Aha. Think of that. I, I'll give you what I have. When we look at David, he didn't have a lot. He had a little. He had a little slingshot. He only had five, five stones. He didn't have the experience of battle. He only had the experience of being a shepherd boy. But what did he have? He had a willing heart. And, you know, his dad, he was told the brothers are going off to war, but you need to be a shepherd's boy and you need to take care of the sheep. I probably, maybe you would be the same, like, well, why do they get to go to battle? And you know, the guys, the guys, if you're one of the guys listening here, you know, the guys like this kind of stuff. They like the challenge. They're going to go fight a war. They like all that kind of stuff. And the brothers go off. And if I was David, I'd probably say, well, why can't I go? How come I get stuck doing the sheep? David didn't do that. David obeyed and took after the sheep. But you know, that time he spent taking care of the sheep, he was gaining experience of the lion and the bear, but he was mastering his skill of how to use that slingshot and how to just knock that lion down and that bear very quickly and very safely to protect his own life. David knew also, he said in those verses, the same God that protected me from the hand of that lion and that bear who saved me will be the same God who protects me from this Philistine. The faith that David had in his God was much. That wasn't little. What we see in him is he is a young boy. He didn't have years. He's a young man without experience. He didn't have years of experience. He was a young boy that had five stones. He was a young boy that had slingshot. We might say he didn't have much, but what he had was much in the fact of the faith that he had in his God. And I have to admit my faith, some days it's good and some days it's not. I don't know if you're like that. There are some days I'm just like weary and Oh, just uh, fragile, I think is the word I want to use. I'm just like these eggs in this basket. If you were to crush an egg, it would just crumble. 
and that stuff on the inside would ooze out of it. That's how I feel some days. I feel fragile, like just don't come near me because I'm going to crack and everything is going to fall out of me. Do you feel like that? Can you relate to that? Oh, there's days I feel like I have so little. A, a little while ago, not that long ago, it was one of those fragile moments in life and I felt like an egg that could be just cracked right open and ooze all over the place. And I had to commit it to the Lord and I had to admit my faith is little. I didn't have much. And I asked the Lord for, as I, my cliche, my kids know this, I pray for postcards. Lord, send me a postcard, heavenly mail, come down and let me know I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I need hope. I need, I don't, the Lord doesn't always provide in black and white headline news. Lynn, you're going to be okay because these are the five reasons. He doesn't do that. Sometimes I get very specifics, but in this case I didn't, but he sent a confirmation for me. It was in no way, it was um, one of those vague moments. It was black and white. It was bold. It was from the Lord. And I knew it was from him saying, you're going to be okay. I gotcha. The next day, unexpected, same type of confirmation. And I just, I, I stared at this moment of what had happened. I was so humbled and I called my husband immediately and I said, you'll never guess what just happened. Another confirmation. And my husband doesn't even know what I've been praying about. It was just something between me and the Lord. And that's okay. You know, I, you don't need to tell everybody everything. And I haven't told my husband, but my husband knew that I had been praying about something. I got two confirmations. Two. The Lord only needs to give me one. That's all I prayed for. But he came back and said, I'm going to reconfirm what I confirmed. You're going to be okay. My little, I had to give back to the Lord so he could give me much. Do you feel like an egg today that you're just fragile? You're going to crack and everything's going to ooze out and it's just going to crumble? I get you. It's okay. It's okay. I want to give you hope. I want you to know that David had little. He didn't have much from what we could see. But he had faith in his God. He turned it over to God and he went out and he went after that giant and said, the God who protected me from this, that, and the next thing will protect me today. And David's little was much. Wow, I have goosebumps just thinking about that. From my own personal walk with the Lord, my faith, some days, like I said, are good, and other days they're not. But I have to remember that God is still on the throne. He's alive, he's well. He is there, he's here right now in this very room. Because the Lord says when two or three gather together, and I might be one sitting in this room, but there's many of us listening to this podcast, and God is at work. And we, not to, we need not to be weary and faint and feeling like this egg and feeling fragile. Take an egg out. Go in your refrigerator today. I want you to take an egg out. I want you to put it in a safe place on your counter so it doesn't roll off. And if you have to walk around with it and bring it to your job today and put it on your desk, I want you to do that. And I want you to get a Sharpie and write on that egg, I am not fragile. I have faith. I want you to write that on that egg. Now, obviously, you don't want to leave that egg out too much because it'll start to smell. But at least for today, you can throw that egg out at the end of the day. Write on an egg, get an egg, grab that egg, and look at it and remind yourself you are not going to be fragile today. You're going to be strong in the faith that you know you have in your Lord Jesus Christ. 
So if you're feeling like little today, I want you to know there's much. God is the much. You're not the much. Also, I want you to look at something, another thing about David, and then we're going to wrap this up. David was a young shepherd boy that obeyed his father, and he took the provisions to his brothers. He looked, took care of the sheep in the field, but you know what? David was faithful in what he did. He perfected those skills and so on, and he had faith in the Lord. And if you look at David's life, he messed up all the time. But God looked at this man and said, he saw, God saw so much in David. He said, this is a man after my own heart. Can the Lord look at Lynn and say, with all the things she messes up, how many times I've lost faith and I, I have felt like fragile, like the egg, and I've done all these things that I shouldn't have done, and I have um, sinned. I've downright sinned and did things I should not do, knowing I should not do them. And I've had to go back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. David did the same thing. My life and my personal thoughts and my, other than what I share with you, but I don't have my, my sins written down on paper for the whole world to see. David did. God wrote all this out there. If you read the Psalms, God, uh, David pours out his heart to the Lord. But he always sought after the Lord. He went back. Even when he sinned, he sought after the Lord. So much so that the Lord said, David is a man after my own heart. What David ended up doing because of his obedience from little, a shepherd's boy, little, having a slingshot, little, taking care of the sheep, eventually God allowed him to be a king. God could trust him in the little things. And then God could trust him in the big things. Maybe you're feeling little today. Maybe you're feeling like you don't have much. And maybe you're just feeling little. Be faithful in the little. God needs us to be faithful in whatever he gives us. Be faithful in the little because he's got big things ahead for you. He needs to know he can trust you in the little so he can give you the much. If you're feeling little today and you feel insignificant and you just don't feel like you have much, turn your little back over to the Lord and say, little, Lord, today I want that little to be much. Make my little much. Whatever you need to do with me today, make my little much. When you're feeling low, I want you to remember the Lord is going to use you. And just when you think you have a little and you turn it over, you're going to stand back and go, wow, he did what? With the little bit that I had, the Lord did what? You're going to be so humbled and you're going to have your mind blown on how and what God can do through you and with you. If the little that you think you have isn't little when God's in it, it's much. So remember today, I don't want you to be fragile like this egg and get that egg out and get it on that counter. If you need, every day you feel like you just have a little bit and you feel fragile, you take that egg out and you put it on your counter and you remind yourself, I am not little. Maybe what I think I have is little, but when I turn it over to the Lord, he's going to make it into much. Go back and reflect on the story of David and Goliath. In the next several weeks, we're probably going to be coming back and learning another lesson from these two men. Lots and lots and lots to learn. The ultimate in the end, when you look at David and Goliath, it just brings you back to the whole gospel story. And victory was won on the hill of Calvary. And Easter is coming. And if you've never taken the time 
to accept the Lord as your personal Savior and really understand what faith is to have in the Lord Jesus Christ and to make him part of your life. Today is the day I need you to do that. You can always call our front desk at America's Kezakal Guest Services and someone can pray with you or direct you to someone that could help you better understand the gospel. Thanks so much for coming over today and we'll catch you on the next podcast.